Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Nope. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. All right. Well, here we are, back with back at the podcast, doing podcast stuff. Yeah. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome back to the I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. Well, I already said that already, though, earlier. It's okay. You in can say intro. it again. I'm just going to keep you saying it. You can say it again. I'm going to keep saying it over and over. We should just, every couple of seconds, reintroduce people to the podcast on this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. Hey, we're back. And we're back. It's us. We're taking a break for our sponsors. Dude, Hold on. Let's take a break for our sponsors. What if we were the number one podcast and we were just making that money? Money, 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 money. Give me, give me, give me the money onion. Did, have you? Did you ever do that song with me, the money onion? Uh, maybe. I I did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs with you. You don't remember? Give me, give me, give me the money onion. <laughs> it's the one money of, onion. It's one of my better songs, and, and the chorus was, "Give me, give me, give me the money onion." <laughs> <laughs> What's a money onion? I don't know, dude. I just write the shit down. I don't ask questions. Good God. You were just telling me before we recorded that you feel like you're never going to write another good song again. Talk about that. Yeah, I'll never write a good song again. That's always that's always the way I felt. But let me read you some of the lyrics for Money Onion since we're here. Listen to these lyrics. Let me tell you why, baby, baby, why, why I got a gift long ago from the gift. Uh... <laughs> she says she saddles the day just like a rain. And I won't be here when I tell you that I'm wrong. I'm gone. Gimme, gimme, gimme the money onion. You gotta watch me. I won't step back. Damn, I'm on the right track like a pack of rabid rats. I'm the kind of motherfucker get on a bike and bike. Get on a bed and go to bed. <laughs> I could just do the whole song. I I've assumed you would. I'm not gonna. That's enough. Was Was the money onion your last good song? <laughs> No, I've written better songs since The Money Onion. I wrote The Money Onion back in the daisy day. That was like early 2000s. That was a response to 9-11, by the way. Well, good. Were you? How old were you when 9-11 happened? Uh, 9-11 happened two days after my 17th birthday. Okay, so you were old enough to be writing some shit about it. Like, I feel like more bad poetry and songs were written about 9-11 than any other event in my lifetime. I never did, and I never have written a song about 9-11. Wow. Were you writing... But you weren't writing songs back then. I was kind of writing... So I was writing songs, but they were like kind of Christian-type songs, and Give me, mostly about... Tell me one of the songs that you wrote back in your Christian when you were a believer... Mm. Just give me I the, mean, give me the, so give many. me, tell me one of the choruses. I'm so curious. Oh, God, look, I'll have, dude, I seriously haven't thought about this material in a long time. Um, it was probably like Ryan Adams sounding Christian rock. It's no, it's worse. It's you're gonna hate it. It's even worse. It was more like Pearl Jam. 
But let me just give me. There has to be one that sticks out. What's your favorite? Oh my god! I know I you were. Dude. I know you were one. And you're like, this is the jam, motherfucker. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. I never were you said like, Jesus. Were you like going? Yeah, Jesus is gonna dig this shit. Were you? No, we were writing. We for for our for being a Christian rock band. We were actually writing dark material about what we felt like was the real Christian experience, was which was mired with doubt, and we often felt disconnected <laughs> from God, and we felt like that made us legit. That sounds so you know, horrible, dude. I I when I believe when I think of Jesus, and I do think of Jesus sometimes because I I was brought up super Catholic and I was super religious when I was a kid, so I can picture Jesus in heaven. Uh, checking out my jams and when I do I just go oh yeah Jesus loves this song so you never like did you ever think of Jesus like as like a cool dude that was your buddy or were you always like oh this is some fucking straight up slayer style do doom and gloom shit where they're checking your shit and then if you don't fucking if you don't match up to their fucking statistics you're going straight to fucking hell bitch no I I really believe that Jesus loved me and that I was a, his child. I know, but what was your idea of who Jesus was? Did you have like a picture of him? Did you were you thinking yeah. of like the dude with the beard that you see in all the paintings, the white guy? No, I was smart enough to know that he was a Middle Eastern guy. He was probably brown, and you know, like I was. We my little crew of misfit Christian kids was for that time in our age pretty smart, and we were pretty, even though we were believing in a bunch of mythology and magic and bullshit. We looked at it differently than your sort of nominal Christian who sees Jesus with blue eyes and he's an American and, he, you know what I'm saying, blonde hair and he's beautiful. We had a little more firm grasp on what it might actually be like. Dude, I've never, seen a, I've never seen a blonde-haired Jesus. They're always, it's always a light brown. It's a light brown curl, like a sort of a 70s hippie. Yeah. Vibe. Well, some people call that blonde, like a dirty blonde. I don't mean blonde like fucking... Dirty blonde, you know, Jesus. Hold Dolly on. Parton. Wait, hold on. Before we go any further, I gotta unloosen some of my shit. Zip. Go ahead. I saw Jesus as a, a loving, benevolent father type who loved me like a child. So I didn't worry that he liked my music or not. Uh, I, I felt like Jesus wanted me to be honest in my music, and I felt like he was proud of me for being honest. If Even if I talked about how... I didn't understand Christianity or understand my place in the world. Most of our songs were just, they were the normal 17-year-old grumpy disassociative songs except under the umbrella of Christianity. All right, just but just give, give just give me give me one chorus for God's sakes. I I honestly can't think of any. I can't. I'm like you. I've written maybe 5 or 600 songs since then. And it was, I'm 36 now. I'm about to be 36. That was when I was 17. I know, but I, I, rem I remember, remember the songs that I wrote when I was 17. These are the songs I wrote when I was 17. Shotgun Blew My Love Away, which was a song about finding the, my girl in the arms of another man and then pulling my shotgun down and shooting the full, like killing her, murdering her. That was one of my songs. I'm literally looking in an old... Uh, fucking external hard drive just to see the song titles because hopefully that'll trigger something. And then, the band was called the blue, the band was called the Blue Floor. <laughs> why now? Why is it called the Blue Floor? Because that's the sky. No, but no, way worse because our church had blue carpet. Ooh, 
All right, well, let's move on then. Let me read you some more Money Onion lyrics. I'm too much, too much, like Starsky and Hutch. I freak on the floor, but I never get back, and I never get groggy anymore. Watch me, because I'm the Mac. Sneak attack, smack dab in the middle of the shit. Goddamn, I'm action-packed. Do this like Brutus, like a doofus. Sticky finglets, and I'm ruthless. It's crappy the way the knuckle beads keep balling, but your girlfriend, she said to quit calling. But you should get the fuck out of my face with that stinky avocado breath, bitch. Because I got to get the fuck back to Kansas. So quit scaring my ass to death. I'm smooth, Moti. Got jangly glass, got milk, got a tube tone, and the crispy drawers. I got mine. Then I got yours, of course. Gimme, gimme, gimme the money onion. <laughs> Dude, when you can write that kind of severe bullshit and think that you're writing a good song, you're pretty much, the world is at your disposal from there on out. People are, like, I never got any critical, like, I never got critics saying, we love what you do, Bobby, mainly because I was writing shit like that. But I was like, fuck you, critics. I wrote the Money Onion thinking that was the jam and... Which allowed me to write all the other songs. So I'm insane. That's what I realized reading those lyrics. You're talking to an so insane So do you person. or do you not like the money onion? You're oh. painting a very confusing picture of how you see your own shit. Dude, I love that song. And the fact that I could write such nonsense and feel good about it makes me love me the way I know Jesus loves me. That's well, the other thing, go. dude. I, I know Jesus loves me. Like, I don't believe really in Jesus, but when I think of Jesus, I go, oh, he loves me. And here's the other thing, too, because I was brought up super religious like that. I can never, I can never erase that information in my brain. So I'll always believe like in an afterlife. I'll always believe in some sort of good versus bad sort of outcome to my life. I'll always think of God as a dude. I'll always think of Jesus when I think of death and, uh, you know, redemption or whatever. I can't ever erase that. Now, do I think it's real? No. But the same, like, I don't think that the phobias that I have are real. Like, you know, fear of being eaten by a shark, which disallows me from, like, scuba diving. But the feeling that I'm going to be eaten by a shark when I get in the ocean is very real. The same with, like, all of my religious beliefs like intellectually i go yeah that's that's a bunch of bullshit but the feeling is no there's an afterlife and there's something's gonna happen after you die i just don't know what it is so i'm scared of what that unknown thing is which that's that comes from church that doesn't come from any other thing because they want to guilt you into giving them the money onion this is basically the money onion is is basically me singing a song and the narrator is the church. Gimme, gimme, gimme the money onion so that I can rape some more kids in relative, you know, without relatively few consequences until recently, I guess. But even now, I mean, everybody's so old and almost dead or dead. What is it? I mean, hopefully it'll stop the raping that's going on now, I guess. This is what it must be like to be your therapist. <laughs> real Just boring sit and listen. real sit boring and listen to all this stupid bullshit <laughs> that's why they keep fucking raising <laughs> that's why they keep raising the fucking 
they're like, uh, we're going to have to charge you more, Mr. Schneider, than other people because your shit's real random and real boring. Should we talk about stuff we like, don't like, emails? Uh, yeah, go for it. Go ahead. <laughs> what do you want to talk about, dude? This is what all the dudes that I talk to regularly do. They constantly are like, I'm going to talk, and then I'm going to talk, and then I'm going to talk. And that's fine. I just wait. I just They just wait for me to stop talking so they can start talking. That interests me 0%. All right, let's talk. I'm going to talk about some things I like. So I saw this Nate Bargatze uh, stand-up special on Netflix. So fucking funny. That dude is real funny. Well, what's his deal? He's stand-up comedian. the The thing that I like about him is his his delivery is so like deadpan. It's great. You just got to watch it. Check it out. It's worth. It's called the new one's called the Tennessee Kid. But then he's also in the stand-ups. Came out last year, and he's one of the guys from the stand-ups. And I also watched most of the foreign film Oscar-nominated films. I watched Never Look Away, which is a film based on the life of Gerhard Richter, who's the most I guess he's the most famous German painter. There's another guy called Anselm Kiefer, who's also extremely famous and successful, but I think he might be Austrian. Anyways, it's like based on his life. It's pretty good. I saw a movie called The Cold War, which is a Polish film about some dude and some chick who are fucked up and their love story. And it's beautiful to look at. Like, it's filmed in black and white, but it's beautiful. Like, the difference between the Cold War and Roma is not night and day, but it's the difference between, like, Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett. Like, Frank Sinatra, great. Tony Bennett, pretty good, but ain't no Frank Sinatra. But the real the real gem that should have won is, is a film called Shoplifters. So if you want to watch a wonderful film, especially if you have kids... Check out Shoplifters. It's so beautiful and wonderful. I finally watched Eighth Grade. And? I mean, it was great. It really was. It, it read to me like a straight-up horror film, and uh, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. Maybe with my kid when she gets older, but it was good. Dude, and then I was, even, I was even more bummed to see that it was the Bo Burnham, who's I watched one of his stand-ups recently and hated it. And it bummed me out that it was him because it, it was definitely well-written and well-directed. Well, I, that was the first I'd never heard of. I mean, I guess I'd maybe heard of Bo Burnham, but I never checked him out. So the first thing I saw was Eighth Grade, which I loved. And then You've I, seen his stand-up? And then I watched his stand-up that he did when he was 23 called Make Happy, which I really loved after I'd seen Eighth Grade. And then I watched his first one, which is... And they're all worse than the previous so eighth grade is his best thing the thing he did when he was 23 is less good but still great the thing he did when he was 21 is less great less good but still great but is make happy his most recent stand-up is that what you're saying yeah he wrote that when he was 20 no he re- <laughs> no he he recorded the spec he recorded it when he was wait no, he, he wrote it when he was 23, recorded it when he was 25. It's so weird to hear you describe his projects by how old he was when he did them. I've just never well, heard I of just, that, except for Adele, who names her records her age. I find it fascinating that somebody so young could write and direct 8th grade and write and direct his specials, which are, you know, they're half, well, two-thirds. It's like media. Songs. Yeah, it's and like then, songs and... 
but there's songs and then there's and then there's stand up in between the songs and then there's like they're they're like a whole show they're all put together in a certain way i mean it's and then if you've ever heard that guy interviewed he is brilliant in terms of like knowing what works like when he describes eighth grade and why that works and why he wrote it it's crazy how much he knows and like even him looking back at he's 27 now looking back at what he wrote when he was 23 which yeah, was that with his age well mm-hmm. again i'm just obsessed with people that are that young who are that self-aware and it's like uh have you read that um how music works book with david david Byrne? Byrne. yep like same sort of thing where he was just so aware of what he was doing when he was in his 20s and how like he knew what he didn't want to do and he knew what he did want to do and or he didn't even know what he did want to do he just knew what he wasn't going to do and that's how the talking heads became what that music was and i've just i've never done any of that i don't interpret it more as like he knows so much i think it's just there's so much he doesn't know and it doesn't get in his way or bother him that's like a hallmark of youth is you you're focused on a certain area of work and you don't know what you don't know. And the thing, the problem with getting older and getting quieter and less output is because you really get ground down and you really start to realize what you don't know. That's why that's this Billie Eilish chick is like 17, I guess, or 18. And she's writing shit that to me seems very adult. Lord was doing the same thing when she was a teenager. I don't think that they're these touched people. I mean, they're obviously smart and talented. No, no problem. I have no problem admitting that, but there's a thing in youth where you can just churn out a bunch of that shit and it seems like they're older than they are, but it's kind of because they're young that they can do that. I, Does that make sense? No, you know what I'm saying? No, I, I'm not talking about doing it because doing it, I agree with you 100%. Like when you're young, you don't know how much or how little you know. So everything you do is just great because you've never done anything. So this you're doing it for the first time. Uh, it's not the doing it part. It's the knowing why what you're doing is valid or not valid you're like being the self-awareness that bo burnham has is crazy and i don't know if billy eilish has it by the way let's talk about that album because it just came out i listened to the whole thing yesterday what'd you think that song i love you is amazing i mean every track is amazing i saw the video for you should see me in a crown i pre-ordered the record the, i heard bury a friend and wish you were gay and then I was listening to the actual record because, like you said, it just came out. And uh, it's a really chill record. It's really beautiful and really close vocals, not a lot of reverb, really minimalistic production. I think you could put her in the same category as this Bo Burnham type guy where he's, she's so young. And her brother, Phineas, who produced it all and wrote it all with her, is also young. And how are they doing this, you know? I, I agree with you. Um I agree. And yeah, I like about half the record and about half the record. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But the fact that, I mean, that barrier friend, I wish you were gay. You should see me in a crown. Even that first one, bad boy. And, um, there's another song in there. I really like you. I'm sure you like that song. I love you really beautiful, whimsy, crazy. I don't know if I, is that like at the very end of it? Maybe. Uh, no, I think it's in the middle. It's a really simple lyric, but I love that line, like, up late on a red eye, wish we'd never learn to fly. It's, a, it's such a cool lyric. Some of the lyrics are so childlike in that way that you get old enough and you, it's hard to write that way. Well... Just, like, you move, you move away from that type of kind of dumb bravery the older you get. 
I Love You is the song before the last song, track 13. Yeah, I mean, the the problem that I had, the, the like I said, some of the songs I think are amazing. Um, and then I'd say about half the record, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Not that it's bad, it's fine. The whole record's great. Some, but some of the songs are amazing. But I wouldn't put it in the same category as like Lana Del Rey, who, who like I listen to that. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. And then some of the Billy Eilish stuff, I'm like, oh, I know what this is. I get it. It's done great, and she's great. Um, but uh, Lana Del Rey, with the exception of her newest record, which I think is has dropped off a bit. Like her new record, I listen to it and I go, oh yeah, I know what this is. I know how to do this, but. The records before, dude, I listen to any of the records that she made before this last one, and I go, I don't know how she made this music. Yeah, that, that ultra-violence record is to the peak for me, her second record. They're all good. They're all crazy. They're all crazy, yeah. different, and cool in a way. I'm like, I don't know what this is. You know what doesn't work about the new one, Lust for Life? Is that almost every other song has a guest on it? I hate that. It's like it's like some song featuring whatever, this song featuring whoever, this song featuring whoever. I get tired of that shit. It 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 muddies down what her deal is. Mm-hmm. I don't need to hear her and Sean Lennon, and her and fucking K. Flay and Diplo and all this shit. I just want to hear her and that produ- that Rick Knowles guy. Yeah, I'm looking up her record because I'm I'm thinking there's something after Less for Life. Well, it's I think it's Born to Die. Ultraviolence, Honeymoon, and then Lust for Life. I think that's her last one. Man, what do you think about this Spotify thing where you like try to look up the fucking album and then... Uh... Yeah, Lust for Life came out in 2017. I know, but something's come out since... She's put out some shit since then. She, maybe there were just singles that she put out. Yeah, she put out these all these singles. Um, so that was her last record. That came out in 2017, but then she's put out some singles that are not that good. She put out Venice Bitch, Mariner's Apartment Complex, Hope is a Dangerous Thing for a Woman Like Me to Have. So those last three singles were, I'm like, eh, I know what this is. Uh, guess what, though? Nobody gives a fuck, because like, they all have like fucking 20 million views, 29 million views on uh, or yeah. listens on Spotify. She's great though, man. Yeah. I saw her in concert. She was incredible. Like I was like, I, yeah, I, I'm I a huge it, fan. I hope it. I hope it doesn't suck. And it was really good. And she's, you know, I feel like she's another one of those people that kind of knows what she's. She just. It feels to me like she knows what she's doing. She knows the kind of impact she's having on her fans. She knows how to interact with them on stage and in her videos. She's so smart in that regard and to me it's like super like i'm so not that way like i'm just doing and i don't ever think i don't ever take time to like even take into consideration like what is this how how is this appearing to my fans how is this appearing to non-fans because if i did i think i'd be like oh i probably shouldn't do a lot of this stuff because it's stupid or silly like i should like, even if I wrote The Money Onion, I probably should never perform The Money Onion. Guess who's not performing The Money Onion? Uh, fucking Radiohead and The National uh, and Lana Del Rey. Like, nobody's <laughs> doing stupid shit like that. But I think it's funny and silly, so I do it. Um, 
And then people are like, yeah, fuck that guy. He just does some nonsensical shit, and, which is fine. Then, you well, know. people really like hard on sleeve shit. They really like, they really like that. Um, they really dig the impassioned thing. They don't like humor, and they don't like the tongue in cheek stuff as much. In general, speaking generally, I like that stuff. I like to be hit in all sorts of different ways by the music that I love. Dude. But you're talking about Radiohead and the National and a lot of the Ray. It's all very earnest shit. Oh yeah. For sure. Dude, it's like as earnest as it gets. Have you seen the preview? Have you seen the trailer for the new Joker movie? I haven't, no. It's n- it does not look good. And it's fucking well, Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker, which you'd think like, oh, that'll be amazing. Is it DC or Marvel? Joker's DC with Batman. Yeah, well, those DC movies are a bunch of bullshit. The new Shazam is supposed to be pretty good, but uh, it looks horrible. I don't like comic book movies. I never really did. I think that the Christopher Nolan Batman films are great. We've argued about that before, but I like a couple of those X-Men movies. But I look around at this whole Avengers culture and get real bored and real bummed. Well, they're not all bad and... And uh, that first Avengers movie was terrible, um, but it's one of those things where now that they're the biggest movies in the world, they've just put more time and effort into it. So the last one that included Guardians of the Galaxy um, uh, was great because Guardians of the Galaxy is great, or it used to be great before that director got canned. Um, James Gunn's coming back for the third one, though. I oh, read. thank fucking God, he dude. got he got like he got like me tooed out for a minute, <sighs> and then now the me too thing's chilling out, and they asked him back. Oh man, which kind of shows you how much that that studio doesn't really give a fuck about the me too movement. When well, the me too movement was hot, and he got me too, they were like, he's off the project, and then the me too movement cools off, and they're like, Ooh, well, do you, you know direct the third one? Do you know why he got fucking me tooed off? It wasn't no. me tooed. It was outrage culture. It wasn't me too. It wasn't like he's he. He was like f- trying to fuck his assistants or whatever, which is what you do actually on your movies. But uh, it wasn't it wasn't because of inappropriate like you know behavior. It was because some fucking stupid tweets that he tweeted eight years ago, where he was like saying like making jokes. He was saying some jokes, and then somebody was like, "Oh, he's joking about fucking kids. Fuck this guy," and. Because we're living in an insane world now. They were like, oh, we can't have him direct films because he said some inappropriate shit. No, he didn't say inappropriate shit. He fucking made a joke because he's a comedian. And he said something. He's not a comedian. He's a filmmaker. Uh, Have you seen those Guardians of the Galaxy movies? They're funny as So a director that makes a funny movie is a comedian. No. I'm saying that dude is funny as fuck. And the tweets that he tweeted were funny. They were just they were just silly and inappropriate, but they're funny. They weren't they weren't like he wasn't that's the thing. Like so what he was saying was like, Yeah, I wanna fuck some kids and if you take it literally, it's awful. But if you realize that he was saying it to be outlandish and ridiculous, then it's funny. That's the problem. With taking shit out of context, and and obviously why you shouldn't tweet shit that's nuanced, because people are just going to take it at face value, and they're going to freak the fuck out. And that's what happened. And thank God 
somebody was like looked at it and said oh this guy's just joking he doesn't mean what he's saying anyways i'm so glad because those I, when you were talking about uh comic book movies those gardens of the galaxy movies are the best that you can i mean and the new deadpool's great the new spider-man into the spider-verse was one of the best movies of last year period hmm. but you never saw it well, so you don't know no, of course not no i'm a grown-up i don't watch movies about children's shit unless i'm with my child uh okay well here's what you should definitely do not see a movie and then shit on it for sure do that because that's what a lot of people do like all the people that are saying like leaving neverland is bullshit guess what they didn't see it so see it and then go oh yeah i don't watch uh kids movies because that fucking spider-man into the spider-verse was incredible it was written well the art was amazing. And it I've may, seen and every it, fucking stupid Spider-Man movie. I saw the new one with the new kid who was in Ant-Man. I saw Ant-Man. I saw Deadpool. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. I saw the first two Avengers. I saw Wolverine. I've seen all the X-Men. I've seen all these fucking movies. Okay, bullshit. well, half of those movies are bullshit. They are bullshit. Yeah. And then some of them are really good. Okay. The Guardians of the Galaxies are really good. The new Spider-Man Homecoming is really good. Uh, Homecoming, that's the one I saw with the funny new kid. It's great. Great movie. Totally fun. I love Black that Black Panther, horrible. Saw it in the theater. Couldn't Black believe Panther that was. was not horrible. It was okay. It was fine. It was fine. Should it have been nominated Ooh. for Best Picture? Hell no. But it was See, fine. that's the thing. It's just getting crazy. It's getting crazy out here. It's not getting why cra- I, it's not getting crazy out here. That Black Panther movie was fine. If your friend, if I would have directed Black Panther, you'd have been like, "Damn, dude, you fucking knocked it out of the park." But just cuz yeah. it's somebody, What does that say about it? It says it's fine. It's just not it's not the best movie ever made. But it's like the highest grossing movie of all time now. And it was nominated for best picture. Dude, I watched and everyone's freaking out I about watched it. Aquaman that grossed like 1.5 billion dollars. That was such a fucking turd. Yeah, well, I took my wife to see the Justice League movie, which was basically preparing everybody for all the new franchises because my wife thinks Jason Momoa is a cutie pie. And I took her to see Justice League because I'm a good husband and I wasn't grumpy about it. I wanted her to have a good time. And I thought, ah, whatever. As we were leaving the movie, so we have stood, sat in front of the screen for 90 minutes, watched it. As we were walking to our car, I said what was that movie about? And she said, I literally don't know. We didn't know what, and we had just watched it. Yeah, that movie sucked. All right, we're out of time. We got to go. All right, well, you can email us at bobandclint at gmail.com. We'll read whatever the fuck you want. Thanks for everyone for leaving the positive reviews. It goes a long way. You can listen to my Metallica podcast, Metal Up Your Podcast. You can listen to Bob's podcast, uh, which is called The Song Club. I'm going to be playing on the Today Show on Tuesday, which is the day after today, early in the morning, if anyone wants to watch it. Bob, what are your shows coming up? I got a couple shows, but they're sold out. There's a show at the City Winery in Boston. So you can't go, bitch. Well, you can go in the future when I play there again. All right. Well, there you go. The end. (laughs) 